have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome to Straight from the Chest. My name is Justin Groth. Guys, thank you for giving me your listening ear. Thank you for tuning in with me on another episode. Guys, this one is directly inspired from my day today in the gym. Let me tell you a little bit of how it went. So I'm just at the gym doing my workout, and I have a buddy that um, was training alongside of me, and he comes up to me and he says, Before I even ask him how he's doing, he says, these are exact words, dog, I feel good. Oh my gosh, I feel so good. And I was just lit up by that because obviously I like to hear when people are doing good. I think anybody does. But when I heard this, there was something in his voice. There was a zeal in his voice that I hadn't heard in quite some time. And just to give you a little bit of a background on this this person, he hasn't necessarily had the best childhood. Um, he he has he's kind of he's kind of known for being kind of shady and dirty, and and these are these are his words. These are this is something not something that I've just projected um, or I'm projecting rather. This is this is kind of instantiated over this kind of over this guy. But he hasn't had the best life. He hasn't grown up in the best neighborhood. He didn't grow up with the best family. And all these things led to him not being in such a good position later on in life. Now, I'm not talking about his work or his, you know, his vocation and and such. I'm talking about the way he handles himself, how he handles situations, how he chooses to cope with these particular situations, etc., so that in particular isn't the best. Now, I'm not saying that we have the best or I have the best ways to combat these particular situations that happen that we that we get into and you know, but he definitely has made a lot of mistakes and these mistakes seem like they keep compounding, compounding over time and it's like you know, you ever had one of those buddies that you're just like, you, you, you just think to yourself, what are you doing, man? Why do you, why are you doing this? Like snap out of it, but they can't, it's an addiction, so to speak. Like the way that they, it's like, this is, this is something that's been conditioned within their, within their minds and the way that they choose to live their life. And, and so that's this guy. And you can see so much potential in him, but he doesn't see it himself. And that's another problem. So the fact that he doesn't see this potential, he just keeps in this in, in this muck and mire and keeps living there and residing there. He doesn't ever come out of it. I know you have a friend like that or you've known someone like that. We all have. And it's just, it's very discouraging. So when I heard him say this today, it lightened me up. I loved it because I can tell that it was genuine. It wasn't something, he wasn't trying to just, you know, pacify me. He was really genuine in this. And I asked him, well, what are you doing? And he said, and he says dog a lot. So 
times. <laughs> Dog, I just been, I just been reading. I just been, uh, I just been keeping away from sex. I know it sounds crazy, but I just, and I stopped and I said, it doesn't. And I said, look, man, he said a bunch of other things, but basically what he was trying to express is he's not going back to his quote unquote shady ways. And I'm not talking about sex being shady. Like there are other things that, you know, if he was on the podcast, he could tell you, I don't really want to put words in his mouth because he's not here, but the way he combated things wasn't particularly the best. And because of that, it got him into worse trouble. And then when it got him into worse trouble, he would go and try to diffuse that particular trouble with, or that particular stress with, uh, substances, etc. Right. Okay. You know where that story goes. So he's, he's actively saying no to those substances. He's actively saying, actively saying no to those addictions. And he's a very addictive person or can tend to be very addictive. And being that as it is, that's hard enough to say no to something that you've said yes to so many times in your life. And you're just conditioned to say yes. And I said, look, man, this is what's happening. You're in the driver's seat now. Whereas before you weren't, but you thought you were, you were actually riding passenger and somebody else was driving for you. The fact that you can say no now, the fact that you have the ability to say no to these things that you actually just autonomously said yes to so many times in your life, you now, you now have the, you are now in the driver's seat. You're now got your hand on the helm. You got your foot on the gas pedal. You're the one in control. You weren't before, man, even though you thought you were. And that's all of us. That's all of us that are going through these trials or, or tumultuous times, but not just going through the trials. If we're going down the wrong path and we actively know it because we can see people on the sidelines that are doing better than us and that are more joyful than us or handle or combat their situations better than we are choosing to are not running to substances or running to opiates or running to any kind of thing that can numb our pain. We look to those people as sources of admiration. We wish we could do that, but we feel like we can't because we're so conditioned to do this and not the other. Now, look, Full disclosure here, I can't speak with authority on substance. I can't speak with authority on opiate use or alcohol or drugs of any sort because I haven't been there. And I've been grateful to have a blessed childhood and parents that taught me right from wrong and grew up in a healthy, stable household. That's not what I'm trying to convey here that I am a part of that other end of the spectrum. I'm not. But what I am a part of is the solution and understanding how to get through that. Even though I haven't been through that, I understand mindsets. I understand disciplines. I understand having a responsible structure encapsulated to your life. And that is where all of the, of the positive progressive trajectories will end up stemming from. If you have the discipline, you have the structure in place. Here's one thing that this gentleman told me, gentleman, my friend, dude, my buddy, he told me, he said, I went, I was talking to my friends about it and they were like, dog, you just, you, 
you're you're shady. You're dirty. That's just go back to that. It's fine. It, you know, ah, you're you're really good. At, you're you're really good at being dirty and shady. That's what they actually told him. These so-called friends of his told him, you're actually better at being shady and dirty than you are at being whatever you're being now. Those are his friends. Those are who he chose to spend his time and energy on. People telling him you're better at being basically a piece of shit. That's, those are his friends. And I said to him, it doesn't matter what I said. What we all have to understand is that who you center yourself around is going to inevitably dictate who you become and not just who you become five years from now, but who you're becoming on the day-to-day routine. If you position yourself around people that are okay and not living up to their potential or are okay with masking their dysfunctions with alcohol or substances or or anything of the nature that numbs their pain and not dealing with it head on and being basically weak in that regard. If you allow yourself to, posi- to position around these people, they're only going to bring you down clearly. But realize that if you don't get around different people and or if you don't mute your situation, and when I say mute, I mean isolate yourself. Sometimes that may be your best option. Not finding new people that are better that you know you can, uh, uh, you can, I guess, um, look to as as leaders or mentors for you. Maybe you don't even need that step yet. Maybe your first step needs to be to mute your entire environment. Mute it and be isolated by yourself so you can actually be to yourself and think and reflect on where you've been, what mistakes you've made. And you know, a funny thing happens when you reflect on your own and mute your environment. God begins to talk to you. He begins to reveal certain things to you that you could have done better. He begins to allow you to see the solution that could have been rather than the solution that you took in the first place. He reveals these things to you, but only when you can sit in silence and mute yourself from your environment and then stay muted. Stay muted until you can understand how you possibly need to be, even if it's just 5% better than what you were before. Mute yourself, mute your environment, And when I say, I said mute yourself, don't talk. So mute your environment and mute yourself and just think and reflect on the thinking and do this for days on end. That may mean that you go to work, you go do whatever, walk the dog, go to the gym, whatever. You come back home and you don't do shit else and you just meditate on your, on your, on your past reflect and think, but not just reflect, constructively reflect. There's a difference. You can passively reflect and just think about stuff. I'm talking about actually constructively reflecting on what you've done, how you got there, 
what you did and then what you could have done better. And all too often, that's going to cause you to be very, I might put you in a negative space. You might think, I don't want to, I don't want to, all the things I did, that's, I don't want to think about those things. But it, but you need to, you need to reflect on the negative because out of the negative muck and mire, you're going to see the positive and how you could have been. And that's a, that's a hit to all of us to realize we, we did things shitty and we could have done things better. And before you know it, you'll start to live life like that. You might mess up here, but you'll be able to have a quick conscience about it and be able to reflect instantaneously and correct it right away rather than letting it sit and ferment and build up something as a, of a reputation or a a, a dissonance to the, to particular people or particular groups of people that don't now want to hang out with you, don't like you, talk crap about you. You can nip it in the bud right away because you have a you have a faster, more sensitive conscience now. And that is the game, man. If you don't have a sensitive conscience, you will leave a lot of stones unturned. And that will cause you to not have a good reputation. People won't want to talk to you. People won't want to work with you. People won't want you by their side. So when you do try to go into that group of higher ups, let's just call them higher ups, people that you wanna, you wanna be like possibly or you center yourself around better people they're not going to want to kick it with you they're not going to want you even in their crowd because of what you've done in the past and it sucks that people think that way but you need to kind of you need to kind of recalibrate and that's going to that's going to take you muting your environment and reflecting and having some self destruction that comes with construction as a result there's a saying that I like to this is going to sound, this is going to sound, um, whatever I'm going to say it anyways. (laughs) I like to think this way and I like to say this. You need to part with the people you used to party with. And that may be, that may not sound original. I don't know. I don't know why I thought of that. I don't know how I got it, got that, but that's what I've landed on for quite some time. Well, not quite some time, but you need to part with the people you used to party with. Essentially, it means typically when you think about partying, you think about doing malevolent things, right? Not malevolent really, but you know, uh, destructive things, your alcohol, uh, drinking, smoking, whatever, doing, doing, um, doing dark, dark stuff, right? Sometimes you have to part with those parting times and parting people. doesn't mean that everybody in those party groups were were ill intended or, or had ill intention behind what they said to you or how they treated you. But look, you could do without them. And if you, the further, the, the, the quicker you, the quicker you move away from that, the quicker you see your life progress towards actually the potential that you have. Where, whereas if you stay there, your potential lies dormant more often than not. It's not often that people can stay in in a, in a in a very dysfunctional group and still progress. It just doesn't really happen that often, if at all. So, like my friend, he's understanding that this group, this type of lifestyle, is not where he wants to be, and he's almost forty. 
But sometimes guys are just so dense and stubborn that they don't get it until they're that age. They don't understand it. And myself, like, I don't really think I really came to grips with things until I was about closer to 30. And I have, I don't have anything hardly figured out yet, but I'm trying. But the fact that I'm trying and the fact that I'm on that trajectory means a lot and should say a lot. And it should say a lot about you if that's the path that you're on as well. Because you under, you can discern between the two. You know, this one is not where I want to be. Yeah, I might go back, you know, I might meander back for like a day or so, but I'm, I'm right back to where I want to be or I'm right back to where I should know, I know I should be. And then, and then moving forward, like we're all going to slip, man. But as long as you understand and can discern that is is crap over there. I don't want that. I'm better than that. It's not because I'm I'm entitled. It's because I know that what God has inculcated within me is better than this. I got more potential. I got more promotion in my future, but it's not going to come if I stay in this muck. It's not going to come. Knowing that, knowing that you don't reside over there, that this is where that, right, that where you reside is in the promotion and the progression, even though you're having challenges in those progressive times, they're still progressing because you could be a lot worse down the road in addiction, in, in turmoil with the law, with your family, etc. Like go down the list, man, check off boxes because that's where you could be, but you're not there because you understand better. And the only only reason why you've understood better is because you've actually grounded in something better for your future. You've actually put your foot down and put put the knife in the ground and said, look, man, that's not what I deserve. If I want to see my true potential or at least a quarter of it come to fruition, I have to step away from you. I have to leave you behind. And sometimes you're not just leaving them, but you're also muting yourself. reflecting, going through the destructive elements in your life and reconstructing them so that you can be a better version of who you were meant to be. Don't allow another day, another summer, another year to go by and not make these adjustments. You're losing time. That's a reality. Every minute you're alive, you're a minute closer to your death. You don't want your potential to be swept under the carpet, but that's what's going to happen. Your potential is going to die with you. It's your job to extract it. In fact, it's your obligation. It's your moral obligation to extract your potential, but you're not going to do it by hanging around with muskrats. You're not going to do it that way. Done.